welcome back to the official review. I'm Mitchell Graham. And I'm Zach Brown. And we have a WrestleMania episode for you. You're going to hear this, I think, Saturday morning of WrestleMania, the two-night spectacular event that they've made into two nights that I'm not very happy about. But anyways, it's here, and we're both very excited. In this episode, we've got a lot. We, we don't have much to talk about. But we're going to talk a lot about WrestleMania. We're going to give you a preview of WrestleMania. We're going to have a very exciting Cousin Clash, which I'm very, very excited about. I think it's going to be a good one. I think it might be our most difficult Cousin Clash, just top to bottom. Probably, It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be very hard. Um, but a lot of points are on the line. We'll talk about it later. But we like to always start with a one, an update on the softball team, and two, an update on how we're doing, um, just what we're doing throughout the week. I know this is another Saturday upload. That's not going to happen again. We're going to be back to Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. starting next week. I promise because, look, I don't even like – I don't like Saturday posts as well because Saturdays, you know, it's a lot harder to listen to a podcast. You're not going to work and stuff. But we had to get out the content somehow. Anyways, Zach, softball update. We are now 0-3. 0-3. 0-3. Yeah. But I think this is the best defensive team we've had. That the problem is not on the defensive end for us. Um, I know oh. we – yeah, I mean, it's not on the defensive end. So I feel like if we would, I feel like we have too many people on the team trying to, trying to do what they can't do. Yep. If everybody just understood what they're good at and understood their role, especially at the plate, like I know that I can, I know that I can't get home. I can't hit home runs. So I don't try mm-hmm. to do that. I feel like if everybody on the team tried to do that, we'd, we'd, we'd score some more runs. I mean, the most consistent hitter in our team right now is our assistant coach. David. Yes, sir. David. Four hole six, six for seven, seven for the last two games. Yeah, yes, been, sir. He's been he's been money. He's been placing. Um, if everyone hit like David, we would be three and zero. Uh, two and quite. one. Two and one. Yeah. I think first week we still maybe lose, one and two. Two and one. One so. and two. Yeah. So yeah. I just feel like right now, which I think is a positive because it has been on the defensive end and the offensive end as of the like the last couple times we played. But like I think we have a decent defensive team now. Um, when everyone's here, I think we're good top to bottom. Um, yeah. But the lineup is where you we run into issues. Uh, yeah, we can we have one inning where we score three to four runs every yeah. game, and it's usually the first hitting with runners and scoring position is our biggest problem. Yeah, we we just can't do it because of I mean one I don't help out at all. I mean I can't hit the ball to save my life. I haven't been on base all year, um, but it's okay. Hey, you pinch ran for me. You've I been pinch on ran. I made it. I made on base because I pinch ran. Um, and I don't think I've missed a ball in right. So that's good. Yeah, there um, you go. There I'm you go. Improving defensively. But anyways, next week, I don't know if we play at eight or if we play at seven. Um, I haven't looked. They haven't looked. We, it's, it's okay. But I think I'm starting to feel, I mean, you know, we got to, if we got to get good vibes, we got to get lucky and win a game. I think that'll get us back on track. Anyways, Zach, um, I know I played golf today. Um, you're playing golf tomorrow. Just, yes, you know, we're just going to talk about this for a minute. What is the part of your game that you're really looking to improve going into tomorrow? Just, I know like you are, st- your driver starting to get longer because you've hit a yes. couple 300 yard bombs, which yes. is good. Um, which is, you don't play like the old man, like 190 driver and then really good with your irons anymore. So you're getting length. What's the next part of your game you really want to see start to improve? My, the the game the part of my game that struggles the most is my short game my yeah. wedges um mm-hmm. i just got a new wedge set and i played last friday the first time i've ever used them 
I played at a brand new golf course last week or not. It's new to me. Yeah. So I showed up an hour early wanting to go to the range and I show up and they're like, we don't have a range. Nice. I was like, what kind of golf course is not you want to expose this golf course? <laughs> no, I'm not going to. <laughs> the golf course was nice, but I was like, what kind of, what kind of golf course doesn't have a range? It's like, we have a chipping green. So I was like, uh, whatever. So I, went, I mean, that really did wonders. For me, didn't it? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I had a good round, um, but I really need to work on the, on the chipping game. So yeah. I, I feel like, it, I feel, I feel like that could shave four to five strokes off my game. I could break which, 90, yeah, which that's, that's my goal. I want to break 90. You know, yeah. I've been able to break hundred for five straight rounds now, which was my goal at the beginning yeah. of the year. Mm-hmm. And so I now want to break 90. So, yeah. So, I mean, right now I'm actually sitting in the spot where the, my last couple solo rounds, I mean, today I was helped out because of a three man scram or a two man scramble the last five holes, but I was on track to be right at 90, right at 89, 90. Um, but right now I am, I am under, like I've gone, I'm right. I'm hovering around that 88 to 92 range, which is good for me. But I, I agree with you. I am the wedges have to be good. Like I can't. So today I, there's a downhill par par four par five. I think it's, oh, it's a par four down straight downhill. You know, what call I'm talking about. It's very drivable. Um, mm-hmm. I hit it about 270 on the button, have just a little pitching wedge from an elevated little spot. Um, and I, I just chunk it. I chunk it and it barely rolls onto the green. I have a long birdie putt. If I can learn how to control and spin those wedges and then knock in some putts, which I putted really well today, I will full disclosure. Like I was putting really good today. I was seeing the lines. I was seeing the, the speeds and stuff. I was putting really well. I feel like if I can get to that point, I can be low 80s by the end of this year. And that's where my goal is this year. You're, you're low, you want to break 90s, but I feel like the way that I am hitting my driver consistently now, I feel like I should be able to reach low 80s if I can figure out the wedges and the irons consistently. Yeah. Um, I Look, I, I love talking about golf. And, you know, talking about people who break 70, the Masters is coming up next week. Um, so not the weekend that we're on right now, but next week and a lot of rumors are swirling around and I know you don't watch golf at all. So this is just, I mean, this is just me talking, but uh, you can add in your two cents. Tiger Woods has been spotted playing a practice round with his caddy at Augusta national. And he is, he's been said to have walked the course Wednesday. So yesterday when we're recording a couple days ago from when you hear this, you, we might even have a decision by the time Saturday, uh, by the time you're listening to this, but Tiger Woods could possibly come back and play the masters, which you know what happened to him. The big car wreck. He had a very, very serious leg injuries. If he can come back and play even remotely competitive, make the cut. He's, he's just further cementing his legacy. To me, he's the best golfer of all time. His off the course issues have really kind of mangled his, like his image publicly outside of just really, serious golf fans. But if you're a serious golf fan, you're a fan of Tiger Woods. You can't deny, you can't deny his talent. You can't deny his shot making, his clutch, just his killer mentality. Um, Tiger Woods, and we could have this debate later if we want, is the best, is the best athlete of any sport of all time in his sport, the most dominant of any of his sports. In my opinion, I think as close second as Tom Brady, I think that might be your answer. But uh, well, I would say most dominant and greatest athlete are two different discussions. So greatest at not you, not even like pure athleticism. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah. about being an athlete for your sport. Just like how you've yeah. controlled 
Like an athlete in So general, you're talking about the most sport. the most dominant the most dominant most, athlete of all most time. Most dominant of all athlete and of all time. I think there's an argument there, but when you're talking about overall athlete, he's not even in the top five. No, 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 no. Because he's he plays yeah. golf. I mean, yes, yeah. he plays golf. But I mean, because guys like Shane Lowry, who weighs 300 pounds, can win the British Open. But anyways, that's not what I wanted to talk about. I this truly could be something like this is a guy that couldn't walk the course back at the PNC championship back in like December. Yeah. When then when he played with his son, he had to do a cart. If he walks Augusta, which is one of the most hilly courses that's ever that's played across the PGA tour, very undulating, very hilly, but beautiful. My gosh, that's bucket list is to go to Augusta national. If he can play that, make the cut. He's he's further cements his legacy. In my opinion, if he look, I'll just say it right now. If he plays, I'm not taking my eyes off the screen. Just keep that man away from a golf cart. Don't let him drive. I mean, yeah, <laughs> my gosh. Uh, the dude. That was, that was dirty, but whatever. Um, but the dude I, can't I drive like, a car, but he can drive a ball pretty well. So I, I want Zach, and I know this is very, we can even do this next week too, if you want to do some research on this. But right now, who do you have winning the Masters? Um, dude. I know I, what you want to say. But you're not. That's not. I'm not gonna. Happen. I'm not gonna say him. He's never gonna win anything. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I honestly have no idea. Every every year, it kind of seems like somebody has a coming out party at Augusta National. You know, um, that's interesting. You say that because the last ten of the last twelve winners have played have played the Masters more than four times before their first win. Yeah, but I feel like their first like major win yeah, comes no, at Augusta National. Yes. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, and only two players under 25 have ever won the masters. Do you know those two players or two golfers? It's probably what tiger and somebody else, tiger and Jordan speed. Okay. Tiger and Jordan speed. And this week, I don't know. I'm going to go like, I don't, I don't follow the sport. I only know like a few big names. I'm going to go with Dustin Johnson just because Dustin I don't Johnson, know. that's that look, that's a safe pick. I feel like his win at Augusta was, it was in 2020 when they played it in the fall and it was kind of weird. There was no fans in attendance, so it doesn't get as much attention but he had a dominant performance at Augusta national. His game really sets up well for it. Um, the guy I'm looking at this week is a guy that's already won two major championship championships in his young career. Um, you were with me when he won his first major championship, Colin Morikawa. I feel like he's got the ball striking to just attack Amen corner, which if you don't know is 12, 13, 14 at the masters. I feel like he's got, the just the control with his irons to just attack par threes. If he can dial the putter in and make at least, I mean, if he can just make a couple putts per round, he's he's a shoe in. Of course, I want to see Jordan Spieth win. He's my guy. That's my dude. But he's ice cold with a putter right now. Look at John Rahm, world number two. Look at Scotty Scheffler, who's won three times in his last five events. I think that's very interesting. A lot of these guys. Um, I can even let's just do a full breakdown next week, but I just can't wait to talk about it because the Masters is the best golf tournament ever. So, well, next week we're going to have a lot of things to talk about. We like next Thursday is opening day in MLB. Um, crap. The yeah, NBA playoffs starts NBA, next week. No, not next week. Two weeks. Well, yes. Yeah, pretty soon. We're, we're NBA playoffs start. We have to do, yeah. oh, we have to do a whole MLB episode next week. Okay. Yeah. I like it. All right. N- never mind. Then look, then that'll be my breakdown for the Masters. My pick right now, hold me to this, Zach. My pick to win the Masters this week is Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa. Okay. 
You know who you can hold second. me to the Dustin. You can hold me to the Dustin Johnson. I'll hold you to the Dustin Johnson. I, I don't. Victor, Victor Hovland will get his first top five in a major. By the way, no, not his first, but I don't even know who that is. But he's cool. a he's a he's he's a beast. Anyways, Zach, um, is there anything you want to just you know talk about around the uh, world of sports before we Yo, get we into? Got- yeah. yeah, we've got some college football stuff to talk about today. Oh, whoa. Yeah. What are my biscuits? So um, I saw this on uh, a college football Instagram page, and they ranked all the college football coaches in terms of tiers, college football head coach tiers. Tier, tier one, list? tier <laughs> one is GOAT status. There's only one coach there. You know who that is, Nick Saban. Tier two is elite status. They have, um, they have, why can't I think of his name? LSU's head coach. Brian um, Kelly. Brian Kelly. Yeah. I don't know why his name's slipping my, Mr. Green. Brian Kelly, um, USC, Clemson, Georgia, Texas A&M and Ohio state. You don't know all those head coaches off the top of your head? Dude, I, I'm drawing a blank right now. Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley Dabo Sweeney, next? Kirby Smart, Jimbo yeah. Fisher, and Ryan Day. Yes. Um, <laughs> wow, Zach. Okay. Yeah. So I, it's been okay. College it's, football. It's been, been a minute since we've done college football. So. <laughs> Tier three is great status. Uh, they have Mario Cristobal. Um, I don't know the Utah coaches. Utah's head coach's oh, name. Um, Kyle Kyle Whittingham. Kyle Whittingham. Um, Mel Tucker. Um, oh, Mel Tucker Jim, already? Jim, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, um, uh, they have Mac Brown on the great list. They have... That's, that's uh, recency. That's, that, I think that's the opposite of recency bias. Yeah. And then they have um, Luke Fickle and um, G, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin on the great status. Okay. Then on tier four is good. Just good head coaches. Okay. Um, uh, Gundy from Oklahoma State. See, well, okay, hold on. I have a problem with that. I feel like Gundy and Mac Brown should be switched. Ah. It depends on what your definition of great is. It depends okay. on what your definition of great is. I don't think Mac Brown deserves to be in tier three, but and then um, James Franklin is good status. Matt Campbell from Iowa State is good status. Ooh. Um. Um, Stoops from Kentucky is in good status. I feel like he could move up to great status, honestly, with the with the the history of that program and how he's been consistently good. I think he should be. Um, this one I don't like. Kirk Ferentz, Iowa is on good status. Eh, so what? Do you he's been there a long time. He never has losing seasons, but they also can never win big games. Okay, so. but then that's exactly where he needs to be because he's <sighs> always winning seasons. You're not going to put him in bad, but the man, I mean, he's, he peaked at the number two ranking this year and then they fell off a cliff. Yeah. So, I mean, let me. But they fall off a cliff every year. That's what I'm talking about. Let me, let me ask you this. And this is, this, I, I did not plan this and I don't even, I'll have to think about my answer too. And this is going to be just off the top of your head. Every year it feels like a guy kind of has a sort of coming out party as a head coach for yeah. college football. Who is your guy going into this year before all the spring practices have started? We don't know much, just your early prediction of who's going to be a breakout head coach this year. It's going to kind of move himself up a tier. It's a tough um, one. It is a tough question. Um 
I'm going to go with a safe pick. The safe pick is Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. I think he's already got a good team around him. Um, I think they're going to easily win probably 10 games this year. I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but also look at, look for Dan Lanning, Dan Lanning too. Uh, I think he's a solid coach and, uh, we're actually going to talk about Oregon here in just a second when we get done okay. with these tiers. Yeah. Um, but Dan Lanning, so, I think could, could, could potentially be uh, fantastic. I know a lot of people want to say Josh Heupel and he very much potentially yeah. could be, but I need to see more. I, I need to see more than one season and nothing but exp- the team doesn't play a lick of defense. No. I need to see more. My okay, and this one, I had I had I had my concerns with this hire um, to start, but I feel like this team is in a good spot for this guy to kind of have a good year in a weaker conference. It's Brent uh, Brent Pry, the new head coach over at Virginia Tech. Okay, I, th- I feel like he's the defensive coordinator coming from Penn State. I feel like uh, if Virginia Tech can win eight or nine games. I feel like that's gonna he's gonna start moving up the ranks. Right now he's got nothing, so he's gonna move up a rank. I think they're gonna have a good year in a weaker a weaker ACC. I also look at um the uh, Sean Elliott. I think that's a Tony Elliott, Tony uh, Elliott. offensive uh, former offensive coordinator at Clemson over Virginia. Virginia. I think yeah. the ACC is very gettable this year. So I feel like a lot of these coaches, like it's been gettable coaches, for a few years. It has been no well, Clemson. I don't think that's true because Clemson's been so dominant. It's not gettable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, other than Clemson, who's been a good team in that conference? You're right. But I feel so. like this is the year that one of these other teams can submit themselves as the number two. Wake Forest is going to be good. Wake Forest is going to be a top AP top 10 to start the year, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Pitt's going to be, Pitt's going to be, have a down here because their backup stinks. We saw that in the Peach Bowl. Um, this is going to be the year for a new, a new team, like a new Wake Forest to pop up. And I know this is totally off topic. I think it's either Virginia or Virginia Tech. It's going to happen in that state. Okay. All right. That's that's a good pick. Uh, getting back to the c- current college football head coach tiers. <laughs> Come on. The bottom tier is great potential slash too early to tell. They have um, Dave Aranda. They have um, Venables. Dave Aranda. Okay. Whoa. They have Venables. Whoa, what in a hold. Dave Aranda hasn't given yeah. you enough? His first according year, to them. He yeah. goes from what? Like three and like winning two games his first year to winning the Big 12 and then winning a New Year's Six Bowl? Uh, according to them, it's too early who, to who, tell. Who wrote this? All college football. It's on Instagram. <sighs> that's that's one of the, my biggest disagreements so far. Yeah, I would say I would say Aranda probably at least needs to be good. At least needs to be in tier four. I mean, what he did for that program, turning them around the way he did. Yeah. Venables, I can understand. He's never been a head coach before. Exactly. Heupel, I agree with that. Yep. I need to see more than just one year of good offense. Yep. Freeman, Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. Dan Lading at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I disagree that this is too early to tell, but uh, Drinkwitz at Missouri. He's, he's already been there years. two years. Is it two, two or three years. Um, and then um, Billy Napier at Florida. Um, I mean, see, that's fair. Billy yeah, that, Napier has been a head coach at Lafayette. Yeah. 
So I mean, my my biggest disagreement is I don't think Brian Kelly or Lincoln Riley should be classified as elite head coaches yet because they haven't won the title. Not Brian Kelly, but I think Lincoln Riley has done nothing but make the playoff. I know he hasn't won in the playoff, but he's consistently won the Big Twelve, consistently made the playoff. He obviously not. He's never won a playoff game. Well, yeah, he's yeah, he has. No, no, he's never won a playoff game. Never won a playoff. And neither is Brian Kelly. Neither is Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly hasn't had nearly as many opportunities, though. I feel like Lincoln. Does that hurt or help Lincoln Riley's case? I think it hurts it. You haven't been able to win, and I mean Oklahoma's a traditional blue blood. They recruit well. I mean, and then Ryan Day as well. Ryan Day hasn't won an. Did he win? A, he hasn't won a national championship either. No, um, it was Urban that won their. Yeah, so I don't think he should be classified as elite yeah. either. That, um, that's fair. That's fair. So they should all be moved down to great. I think Mac Brown should be taken out of the great status. Um, okay, but Mel Tucker to me that? is too early to be great. Yes, I, I agree with Mel Tucker. I think Mac Brown is only there because of his name. It's Mac yeah. Brown. I mean, he won. He was very successful at Texas. We know that. But yeah, what he's done at UNC is recruit top 10 every year and then go six and six. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so and this is another kind of, you talked about Jimbo Fisher a little bit being in the great. And I think the mo the team with the most pressure this year is Texas A&M. There's yeah. We, I mean, we've so, talked about that on the yeah, show. We have, and there's so much pressure on Texas A&M. They've got to pick a quarterback though. They don't have a quarterback yet. Like they haven't decided. They're between, I think, uh, Max Johnson from LSU. They've got the kid that went out early last year. I think his name's Haynes King. Uh, they've got a freshman that is there, a true freshman that came in. You had to pick your quarterback. I feel like a team that's this good shouldn't be in a quarterback scramble. I know Georgia had it last year, kind of a quarterback scramble, but we thought JT was the guy to start the year. We thought we were going to ride it out with JT. We ended up yeah. winning a national championship with Stetson Bennett. So, yeah. I think Texas A&M, they're going to have talent. Um, they just lost wider, that wide receiver. Um, I didn't know if you were going to talk about that. but Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah, so they just lost that wide receiver that we'll talk about soon. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Texas A&M. I feel like we could talk about next season for all the whole podcast, so maybe we need to chill. Yeah. Um, going on, the, I said I was going to talk about Oregon, and the other day um, Oregon had a 11-on-11 practice with the media there and with the media in attendance and Bo Nix the entire time with that, where they were there was taking second team snaps behind Ty Thompson. Dang. Which Whoa. is a pretty, is a pretty big, pretty big deal. I mean, he left Auburn where he was undoubtedly going to be the starter next year. I mean, nobody was going to take his spot from him. Nobody's transferred. Zach Calzada is not going to take his spot from him if he was still there. Um, and now he goes to Oregon and he's apparently as of right now in spring practice is being beat out by Ty Thompson. So dude, let's, let's, that's a, a common Dan Lanning W there. That's a, it's just a common W for Mr. Dan Lanning. Um, but it's, that's, that's interesting. That is very interesting. I mean, it could, it could just be a smoke screen. You know, you don't want yeah. the media to no, see right. him with first team snaps, but. I mean, why though? Why if, if he's if, like that? I see. I, I disagree with that. A smoke screen. Like, why would you want to smoke screen a guy that everyone thinks is going to be the starter? That's like last year. You you could smoke screen if Stetson Bennett was getting number one like first team reps over yeah. JT Daniels because everyone yeah. had gone crazy. Onyx is expected to be the starter, right? I think that's weird. I think he might just yeah. be getting beat out. 
All right. And then spring practice and spring games are ramping up. Uh, Georgia's G-Day game is the day before Easter. Uh, wow. Unfortunately, don't think I'll be able to go to that, but um, some big things coming up. And, and concerning Georgia, Kirby Smart has said that we are pretty thin at wide receiver and corner right now. We have not targeted anybody in the portal. So should that, that, that transitions into my question, should Georgia target the recently transfer portaled wide receiver out of Texas A&M five-star wide receiver, Demond Demas, should we target him? Now he, he entered his name into the transfer portal, but really he was essentially kicked off the team because he's gotten into some legal troubles. Yep. Um, what, what do you think? Do you think we should target Demond Demas? I think we should always target the best talent. I feel like Georgia's at that point now where we have to stop worrying about, oh, is this guy going to come in and ruin our culture? Because I think our culture is, is I think one guy's not going to ruin the culture of a championship team. I feel like that's fair to say, um, if, especially if he's a transfer guy and you've got all these veterans, you just have a guy coming in. If he's bad, he's not going to play. If, if, he's a bad, if he's bad for the team, bad vibe, Kirby's going to sit him. Kirby's not going to play him, but you can all, he can also come in and make a huge impact. We, so I feel like, but I, I feel like wide receiver room is not as bad as we're kind of looking at it right now, because I, I'm going, I'm going strictly off what Kirby said he, after the first he, spring. He, never, he just said, he said, we are very thin at wide receiver and cornerback. That was the exact words out of his mouth. So we thin, are very yeah. thin at wide thin, receiver. Thin, thin is thin could be right. But right now I'm looking at our number one artist wide receiver being AD, AD Mitchell being number one. We get Don Blaylock back this year. Who's finally going to be healthy. We've got Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. We've got Lad McConkey. We've got Brock Bowers. We've, we've got, got that guy. And we also apparently it was seen on the depth chart that we have that guy Eric that's Gilbert. on the Georgia baseball team. Oh, that's actually listed as a wide receiver right now. And he's, like blazing fast. Like he's okay. the fastest player in the country in baseball. And, and he's, he's going to play wide receiver for us this year. Eric Gilbert is back. Yeah, Eric Gilbert. He may transition from tight end to wide receiver. I know they were talking about that. So that's, that's hey. a red zone threat right there. I feel like, I feel like this is, I mean, we have the best tight end in the country. Yeah. Brock Bowers. Hands down. And Darnell Washington is very underrated. Darnell Washington very underrated. is, yes, yeah, very underrated. I'm surprised he stayed. I'd be yeah. interested to see if he stays after spring practice, but I think he's committed. I think he's committed. Well, he's also practice. hurt right now. I'm pretty sure that's, that's fair. They were saying um, that this, the G day game might not really have any tight ends in it because all of our tight ends are hurt right now. So Brock so. just want to undergo surgery, right? Yeah. Surgery. Okay. Well, I feel like the, the G day game is going to show you that AD Mitchell is our number one wide receiver. I feel like he has a lot of eyes on him after the performance that he had in the national championship with that, that, uh, that go ahead catch for the touchdown. I feel like AD Mitchell is a guy that is going to be heavily targeted by Stetson Bennett because that's exactly what he was last year too. They've already got this. You've got three guys that Stetson Bennett has really good confidence in, in Lad McConkey, AD Mitchell and Brock Bowers. Iris Jackson is going to be fully healthy this year. Iris too. Jackson's back. See, let's see. Yeah. Iris Jackson. I forgot about him because Yes, underwent. We saw him kind of come out when JT Dan. Oh, when JT Daniels took over at the end of the COVID year, he yeah. was getting heavy targets from uh from him. And then we're looking. Then we look at now all this, all these guys that Stetson Bennett built a connection with. I'm not worried about our wide receivers. I do think we're going to be thin at cornerback. I feel like Tyke Smith coming back helps a lot. Kaleeb coming back helps a lot. But we did lose Darion Kendrick. 
Who, yeah. Who's, and we've got a, we've got like four or five incoming, like true freshman true corners, freshman. but yeah, very young, very young. I'm interested to see how tr- truly good Kirby's recruiting has been because of I'm, I'm by how the front seven I, plays this year. I'm interested to see Malachi Starks, the guy from Jefferson. Yeah. He played quarterback, corner, safety, running back, and wide receiver in high school. Easy. Apparently, he's going to be, apparently, they're going to focus him at safety, but that's going to be huge. He's going to be a versatile player that you can put really anywhere. Yeah. I'm excited to see Malachi like start. Yeah. yeah. I, and for Georgia and the, the back end, or I'm not even on the back end. We don't know we said we're thin at secondary, but the reason that I mean, the way that he hasn't even mentioned the front seven, which is basically being completely replaced. Yeah. He hasn't said a word about them being thin. Just gives me so much confidence on how good they're going to be this year. He did say there's been a lot of lack of leadership. Like there's not the same kind which, of leadership there was last year. But which, when you lose guys like Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis, yeah. Trayvon Walker, who's who's projected to be the number one pick now. Yeah, like, which <laughs> there's is, lots of people saying he's going to jump Aiden Hutchison for the number one pick. Which is that's which crazy. Is insane. Which is yeah. insane. The last number one pick for Georgia was what Matthew Stafford. I think he's the only one, the only, only one. number one pick ever. Only one. And then the second highest guy was like freaking Todd Gurley. Yeah. So I think now so. that might not be right. I think Roquan went before Todd Gurley did. Yeah. Uh, Roquan was like four. Eight. No, I think Roquan was like eight. But it, it, that, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyways, I th- we could talk about Georgia all day too. Dude. We're going to get on little soapboxes. Yeah. But I'm very excited to see this new and improved, maybe not improved, but new and young front seven watch out for Jalen Carter man is going to be absolutely all over the quarterback this year Stackhouse too I don't forget his first Nazir, name Nazir Stackhouse, Nazir Stackhouse. I think he, yep. he I think he'll probably win the starting job as well on the line yeah, those would be the two nose tackles yeah there's one guy off the edge that I'm forgetting his name he came back no Nolan Smith Nolan, Nolan Smith. Smith yep yep Nolan elite Smith pass rusher elite pass rusher yeah. yeah elite all right let's transition into the NFL Okay, just a couple of stories. Uh, Bruce Arians steps down as the head coach of the Bucks yesterday, Ooh. and Todd Bowles gets promoted. Okay. So my question with this is: Do you think Brady is responsible for this? No, I don't think I. But this is this is this is how I'm feeling about this whole situation: is that Bruce Arians knew Tom Brady was going to retire. How so? I think they've had this plan throughout, and I don't know how. It really, I feel like this is, I feel like this was planned, man. Like it just feels like everything was planned in some sort of, for some reason, but I will be the first to tell you right now, I hate this move. I don't think Todd Bowles, I think Todd Bowles is a great coordinator, but I think this is going to be a Dan Quinn here. This is going to be a Dan Quinn moment. Here's, here's what I'll say about this situation. Um, Tom Brady's dad came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think he was either right after Tom Brady unretired or maybe right before. And he said, Tom Brady did not want to retire. Um, it was the, the front office situation and his relationship with Bruce Arians that kind of forced him into retirement. He did not want to retire. And there has been reports of some friction between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, not like hostile animosity type friction, but just kind of a difference in philosophy. Um, Bruce Arians has always kind of been a laid back kind of guy, kind of a a player's coach, very lax. And there was other reports that Brady was not a fan of how he ran the team. He was not a fan of the undisciplined nature. I mean, think about it. He, he 
spent 20 years under Bill Belichick, the strictest coach in football, very regimented, very disciplined. And he goes to Tampa and he's not used to how loose and how unorganized seemingly everything was. And he was not a fan of it. And so they're basically the bucks had to come to a decision. Are we going to stick with Bruce Arians or are we going to stick with Tom Brady? And so they decided to go with Tom Brady. And I think Todd Bowles, while I agree with you, I don't think Todd Bowles is the greatest head coach. I think it was better that they went with him than Leftwich because, because Brady did not, did not agree with Leftwich's philosophy either. So basically what the Bucks wanted to do with this move is they're saying, okay, let's make Todd Bowles the head coach because Todd Bowles is not going to argue or try to change the offensive philosophy. He's going to basically what's going to happen is Tom Brady and Todd Bowles are going to come to an agreement saying, okay, Todd, you handle the defense. It's all yours. I won't touch it. And you don't touch my offense. I think that's what they did there. Um, So while I don't think Todd Bowles is the greatest coach, I think he's the perfect coach for Tom Brady because he's going to, he's going to keep his hands off the offense, let Brady do what he wants to do. So for me, this is just weird on the Buccaneers part because I know Tom Brady is the best NFL quarterback of all time. No, hands yes. down. I'll be the first to admit it. I used to be team Manning, but I'm, I've, I've matured. Tom Brady's the best NFL quarterback of all time. But is it worth doing all these things, setting up all these things around him for potentially one more year? I don't know if it's only going to be one more year because, look, it, the, the fact that he retired in the first place was so unusual because if you look at the year he had this year, he was a top two quarterback in the NFL this season. You cannot name two quarterbacks in the league this year that had better seasons than Tom Brady. He may not have been necessarily the best, but you can't name two quarterbacks that had a better year than Tom Brady this year. And for him to retire when he was playing so well, I mean, I, I don't see a dramatic drop-off. Like, I mean, eventually he's going to start gradually degrading in his game. But with how well he played this past season, even if it's just a slight drop-off next year, I don't, I don't think he's going to call it quits after next year either. So, I mean, there was talks that he was going to – that maybe the retirement was him trying to – that he wanted to go to Miami or San Francisco, but they wouldn't trade his rights away or whatever. So he just decided to come back to the Bucks. But then Tom Brady was like, okay, if I'm going to come back to the Bucks, I want to be able to run my offense without anybody else telling me what to do. Yeah. And so I think – so the Bucks said, okay, well, we don't want to fire Bruce Arians. Let's give him a front office job. Let's put somebody in the head coaching position that's not going to argue with Tom Brady, not going to tell Tom Brady what he's going to do. Let Tom Brady run his offense. He's been quarterbacking in this league for 22 years. He's a seven-time Super Bowl champion. He doesn't need a coach to tell him what play to run anymore. Yeah. Let him run his own offense. You're right. So, And look, I don't think we need to feel bad for Bruce Arians. In his little, he had a little meeting today. Man was in a Hawaiian shirt and had a cigar <laughs> in his back pocket. I think he's okay. Yeah, Bruce Arians is fine. He's okay. All right. Um, let's just briefly mention the new overtime rules. Um, all the whiners got what they wanted with the new overtime rules. Just the playoffs. Um, it's only for the playoffs, which which is a lot. Changing it for the playoffs, I'm a lot more okay with that than changing it into the regular season because, you know, people want to talk about this arbitrary, oh, the coin flip wins overtime, you know, like 80% of the time. Okay, I want you to think about this. 
in the, in the regular season and overtime, the team that wins the coin toss only wins 55% of the time, but in the playoffs, it jumps to 80%. Why is that? Because you have better quarterbacks in the playoffs. The best quarterbacks make the postseason, So it only makes sense. So I can agree that, you know, whatever, if you just want to make this for the playoffs, that's fine. Let every team have a possession, whatever. Even though the game that everybody whined about the very next week, the Bengals prove that you can get a stop and get the ball back, but whatever, that's yeah. fine. Um, the owners were very adamantly against putting it in the regular season and they don't foresee it ever being, being translated to the regular season, which is good. We don't need longer overtimes. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I like I'm okay with it. I'm not necessarily saying I like it, but I'm okay with it. I feel like it was a good mid-ground. Good middle ground, yeah. Yes. All right. Um, This is okay. This is way off topic. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I haven't played it, but you said mid-ground. Did you hear that Fortnite took away building in this new season? I saw saw that, yeah. No building, just combat. Would would that get you back in it? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no Fortnite talk not guys. at all look and look I'll, I'll be the first to admit i'm still very involved in the Fortnite competitive scene watching wise i i keep up with it and i know i'm a nerd but that was huge building is back by the way in arena playlists like competitive playlists but that was pretty cool to see that they went with a no building arc and all those twitch streamers i know you're not a streamer guy you hate streamers but all those twitch streamers who really were built on Fortnite, like Ninja, Tim the Tatman, Dr. Lupo, Courage, JD, stuff like that. They all came back. It was really cool to see. You said mid-ground. That got me thinking about video games. Transition to your next thing. All right. uh, The Rams signing Bobby Wagner just a couple hours ago. Unfair. That's a big signing. What what is going on? Why why is Bobby Wagner, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey allowed to be on the same team? (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy that, that defense they're they're i mean the only two teams that have a chance in the nfc at this point is whatever team tom brady is on and the rams yep that's it it's and then the afc is going to be wild it's the afc is going to be wild yep. yeah yep all right um let's let's move on we're running low on time let's move on to the mlb the mlb mlb um just a couple of things have you Close. seen the new city connect uniforms dude i saw the nationals one yes that beautiful. looks so clean. Beautiful. Okay. Clean. Okay. If you guys haven't I, seen them. Go go ahead. Go ahead. This is perfect for baseball. Okay. Yes. You NBA garners a lot of revenue by new jerseys every year under the city moniker. Yeah. This is perfect. Thank you. Because look, even if even if it's a couple games, you're gonna to if the Nationals are playing on national TV, which the Nationals are butt, they they're terrible. I think they, <laughs> they let up 29 runs last nothing night. Nothing else. Yeah, I think they let up 29 runs in a spring training game last night to the Cardinals. To the Cardinals, 29 yeah. runs in a spring training game. That's they that's let up 15, 15 runs in one inning. 15 runs in an inning, which the Braves <laughs> have done before. We can't really talk. But, um, <laughs> no, let's just go away from that. They won the World Series. Um, this is perfect, dude. You, you, you tune into the Nationals because you want to see beautiful jerseys. That garners eyes. You could get a guy that and, – and then turns out that's a really good game. You've hooked someone on baseball. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. Yes, I love the City Connect uniforms. Um, the only one that I don't like, though, is Boston's because it doesn't make any sense. It's yellow and blue. They have a yellow jersey with blue lettering. 
It has okay. nothing to do with the city of Boston. It's it's something about it's, Boston because the Boston Celtics have never dropped a good city edition jersey either. Yeah, it's it's just, there's just just weird. Um, what are the Braves? Did the Braves drop one? The, no, I only like three more teams got because they introduced City Connect first last year. Mm-hmm. They only they only going to add like three or four more teams this okay. year. The Braves are not one of them. The Dodgers released theirs. It's very boring. It's literally just the same jersey, but it's blue. Their jerseys oh, are blue. We're not. It's talking the about same. Dodgers. It's the same jersey. I and hate then Dodgers. The fa- my favorite ones though are the are the White Sox. The South Side jerseys. Those are really oh, nice. They're beautiful. Oh, they're so nice. Um, but I'm, anyway, I'm a sucker I, for jerseys. Yes, uniforms are awesome. Woo! I love. Them. They're okay. They're uniforms in baseball. Yeah. So, opening day is next Thursday. We I'm stoked. Yep. That's my yep. Christmas. Okay, I, I love opening day. Um, I'm, I'm excited to watch baseball. Oh, yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to go to a couple of games here in the next next couple of months. And, you know, I go I go to a lot of games every – last year, I think, was my record. I think I went to 12 Braves games last That's year. That's a record? <laughs> That's a personal record for me, mainly because my father-in-law, every time he would come in town for a weekend, he would take us to every game on the weekend. So we went to a bunch of games Um, and then a feel good story of the week. Okay. Tap your feel good story of the week button. If we had one, Albert Pujols rejoins the Cardinals. Hey, yes. Feel good story of the week, man. Um, You know, he's on the back. He didn't destroy the Mets and the Braves. (laughs) He's on the back end of his career. Okay. He was on the Dodgers as a bench player last year. He hit like 180, but the only reason he even holds roster spots on any team it's because for the occasional 400-foot bomb that he can hit. That's pretty much all he can do anymore. He hits home runs or he strikes out. That's pretty much all he's good for Universal anymore. DH, though. Yeah, the universal DH. It'll be good for him. I think this will probably be his last year before he retires, mm-hmm. and it's just a feel-good story for him to go back to St. Louis. He's a legend there. They love him there. Their last World Series title was with him on the team. So I think, I think, it was, I think it's just a good feel-good story. All right, let's do let's do just a couple of basketball stories, and then we'll jump into WWE. Got a couple of basketball stories. You have some couple some basketball. Yeah. Stories. Okay. Talk about some. Let's talk about March Madness. Okay. Okay. March Madness. The final four teams. Duke North Carolina is going to be a great game. Ooh. It's going to be a great Tobacco game. Road, baby. Tobacco I may road. even I'm, I might even watch that game. You have to do the final four. And then my Kansas Jayhawks face my bracket champion, the Villanova Wildcats. It's going to be great. That was such a W on your part, bro. Villanova has played such good defense. And look, I'll be the first one to admit, I had Rock Chalk as the first number one seed to lose. But the way that only number one seed left. The the way that Ochai Abogji has been playing, you didn't even know that's a player. Um, (laughs) You could have just made that name up and I would have believed you. He's going to be a top 15 pick. He's, He's insane. The way that McCormick's been playing, um, they've got that one white dude who's just balling his butt off, dude. I love Kansas, but do you want my prediction? Rock chalk, baby. Rock chalk. Go for it. Get your predictions. North Carolina's beating Duke. Wow. I think I think North Carolina is literally insanely hot right now. Like it's it's just ridiculous what they did to St. Peter's. You think Coach K's farewell tour ends with North yes. Carolina? That's wow. That's the most fitting way to end if he doesn't win a championship is losing to North Carolina and first year coach Hubert Davis, who's just yeah. been insane. I think out of the other out of the other region, I think Villanova squeaks one out, and then I think Villanova wins it all. I think Villanova's got the Jay yes, Wright. It just does nothing but win championships. Villanova yeah. is just so good. 
He's like the Saban of college basketball. No, Jay Wright. And he's not. He's not Saban just yet. I would call him the Dabo Sweeney. Okay, that's fair. He isn't a a tool sometimes, but he just kind of does his own thing. (laughs) Yeah, Villanova's going to win it all. Here, here's what I wanted to to note about March Madness. Do you notice that all four schools are traditional blue bloods? Did you notice that? Yeah, and, and it's it's crazy because we think we thought this year was going to be that year of like parody and like oh who's go, who's going to come out on top? Oh yeah, you know just Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Villanova. Like, exactly. Which this I want to use this as um, exhibit A for um, anybody that wants to argue that we need massive college football playoff expansion. Look what happened in college basketball this year. North Carolina was an eight seed, but they're a traditional blue blood, and look what they're at. They're the final four teams left. Why don't we just trust college football ranking systems, college ranking systems in general, and let's just accept the fact that the traditional blue bloods always finish on the top. Okay, every every now and again, you'll have some parity. But in the end, in the year where college basketball arguably had the most parity it's had in years, who ends up on top? The same four teams that always end up on top. Yeah. That's all I wanted to make mention of there. Um, next one. Will the Lakers miss the playoffs? Yes. They will? They're going to so? miss the playoffs. And I think this is one of the most interesting stories ever because if you look at it, this this is just further cements that the bubble was a Mickey Mouse ring. You have you have LeBron James's first year without AD, they missed the playoffs. Then they win a championship in the bubble because they have AD. And then last year, they and they had four them. months off yes, to where AD couldn't off, get hurt, fully rested. Yep, exactly. And that last year, you you get bounced in the first round after making the play-in. This year, they're going to miss the play-in. They're back in the ten seed right now because the Spurs choked last night. But by the time you're listening to this. They could be teetering at the 11 seed. LeBron turned his ankle. AD doesn't look like he's going to come back anytime soon. Lakers are missing the playoffs. And then that begs the question, should they blow it up? Should Jeannie Buss at this point come to LeBron and say, look, we've got two options here. Either we can trade all these old farts that you forced us to pick up and we can start over with you as the centerpiece of this team and you can work with some younger players or we can just trade you. And we know you don't want to leave L.A., but we can't continue doing what we're doing right now, continue winning. Um, I, look, I, y'all, everybody that listens to this show knows I don't watch NBA basketball, but this is a story that has been on a couple of different uh, radio shows today and over the last couple of days. The Jeannie Bus is kind of sick and tired of what LeBron has done to her team. And she basically has, has made it known to LeBron that you're going to fix this mess. Either you're going to accept playing with younger players, we're going to trade every single person except you, we're going to start over, or we're going to trade you, and we're going to start over that way. Either way, Anthony Davis needs to be traded. The dude is literally never healthy. And I know people want to say, he's top 15 player of all time when he's healthy. Okay, but when is he ever healthy? Yeah, He's played 37 games this year, I think. He hasn't even played half a season. And that's how it is every single year with him. Okay. It's time to get rid of AD. It's time to start over. I think they should blow it up. What say you, Mitchell? Um, they won't blow it up just because of the prospect that LeBron and Bronny are going to pair up in a couple years. 
Um, I do feel like they need to move in a direction with players that fit LeBron better because you look at, and they need to stop this whole, just getting a bunch of veterans and putting them around LeBron because the retirement home team didn't work this year, but the Lakers are not going to take LeBron anywhere because the Lakers in the three, in the four, four seasons he's been with the, with the Lakers, he has never been on a losing, losing graphic. So the Lakers, if they post their tweet that they lost, he hasn't been on a single one. They don't, they, wow. they're, they're protecting him. That's a crazy stat. Yeah. Not a single losing graphic with LeBron's face. Wow. And here, here's one last thing, and then we'll jump into our meat segment, the WWE. This is something that I've heard over the last week that I've thought is very interesting, and I really want to hear your opinion on it. Is John ja Morant an MVP caliber player? When you say that, what do you mean? Like, can he win an MVP? From in my opinion, and what other people are saying is an MVP. There's a difference between a great player and a valuable player. And the fact that the Grizzlies have gone eighteen and two without him does that mean that he is not a valuable player? No. And look, yes, that looks that looks bad. But are you saying that Kawhi Leonard in 2019 wasn't a valuable player? Because the Raptors were 16 and five without him in the lineup. And then when he came back, they won a championship. There's a difference between winning regular season games without a star. But if John Moran is hurt going into the playoffs, the Grizzlies are getting bounced first round. There's difference between winning in the regular season and winning in the postseason. If John Morant never wins an MVP, but he wins an NBA championship, he's fine. Kawhi Leonard has a better legacy than some people who have won two MVPs. Yeah. He's won three finals MVPs. I think I think the argument that some people are making, and more in particular, Colin Cowherd, he likes John Morant, but he's saying John Morant does not make people around him any better. And that's why he doesn't view him as valuable. He says he's a great player, top five player in the league, but he's no, not no, valuable. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's hold there. No, not, he well, didn't okay. say that, did he? he no, I, I, okay. he probably didn't say that. Okay. But he, he believes that he's a great player. Yes. One of the top players in the league. I won't say top five, but top, top players in the league. But he's saying that John Morant does not make the players around him better. And that's why he's not considered valuable, especially – with the position he plays, you know, he would say that Chris Paul is the most valuable point guard in the league because he makes people around him better. Whereas John Morant does not do that. Well, let me, let me make an argument to this. If you, and this is not going, me, this is not no, me arguing this. No, 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 I know. I know. And I'll, I'll put a rebuttal. If that's the moniker and that's the, like the way we're thinking about this, then Steph Curry is invaluable because Steph Curry doesn't make, the, 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 the player that makes the Warriors a team and a, bet, a better team is Draymond Green. Yeah, that's true. So Steph Curry, you don't have to – being valuable doesn't just mean you make your team better. Yes, you can have a – but, I mean, we've seen players on bad teams win MVP. Nikola, uh, Nikola Jokic is going to win his second MVP this year, and they're going to be a six or seven seed. He's going to win his second. You don't think it'll be Giannis? I don't think it's going to be Giannis. I don't think it's going to be Embiid. I think Jokic is having, he's having historically the most, the most historically efficient season of all time, Zach. Of all time on a team that lost Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. I think uh, Nikola Jokic is, I mean, I I don't think he's, and look, and I'll, I'll admit this right now. He's not the best center in the NBA, but he's the MVP. 
Okay. Joel Embiid is the better center. Nikola Jokic is the better player. Do you think that John Morant is just another Derrick Rose? Oh my God. That is the most accurate comparison that I've heard, but I hope that his, for the sake of his career, doesn't go down that path. And I hope, and I know you don't think that either. You don't wish that upon him. No. Because, because Derrick Rose obviously. Honestly, again, I don't watch basketball, but the, the, the year that he got drafted, I was of the opinion that he was going to have a better career than Zion, and it's looking like it, that's going to be true. It's too, uh, yeah, it's, it's early on Zion too because we haven't seen Zion fully healthy, but that's another story for another day. Um, I very that, there. That, that's it for basketball, though. Style-wise, style yeah. John Morant and Derrick Rose line up completely. They got their teams to good spots very early on in their career. Will John Morant win an MVP as young as Derrick Rose did? No, I don't think he will, um, just because I feel like there's a guy in Atlanta that's going to win an MVP before John Morant wins an MVP. And he's being criminally underrated this year. Number one in points, number one in assists, and is like eighth in, in MVP voting. That man is Trey young. And, but that look, that's enough. We have a meat segment to get to, and we've been talking for 52 minutes, but yeah, let's get it. Let's get to it. Do you want to start with cousin clash? Uh, Yeah. Let's start with cousin clash. So our meat segment is WWE. Okay, the reason why we're doing WWE is because this weekend, the day that this episode comes out will be night one of WrestleMania. Night one of WrestleMania. Favorite pay-per-view of the year. Love WrestleMania. I disagree. Well, it's it's always interesting to watch. I'll I'll give it that. Spectacle in WWE. Yes, it's the best spectacle. Best spectacle in WWE. It's always entertaining. Even when the matches aren't really good, it's still somehow entertaining. Um, So... Let's review the full well, – well, actually, we're going to go into Cousin Clash first, but yeah. uh, we're going to review the full card. We're going to look at our most anticipated matches of night yeah. one and two. And uh, But before we do that, let's get into Cousin Clash. This week, it's going to be a pretty difficult Cousin Clash. Um, so we, we are focusing only on WrestleMania world title matches. World ti- Define world title. Which it must be either the WWE Championship – the World Heavyweight Championship or the WWE World Heavyweight Championship or the Universal Championship. Universe, anyway, it's a world title. It's yes. it's one of the it's yes. the top title in the business. Yes. Um, and so I have I have odd years. Mitchell has even years. We're going to uh, predict or not not predict, but basically I'm going to give you the 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 year of the WrestleMania match, and then our job is to guess. Both competitors, which if it's a triple threat, then all three competitors and the winner of the match, which if you get all of them. So, for example, you know, the first match that I'm going to do has two competitors and a winner. So if you got both competitors and the winner, correct, you would get three points. Three points. Okay. Now, when it comes to hints, I'm going to say you can only use hints on matches that have more than two competitors. Okay. And that hint would be you just give us one of the competitors in the match. Okay. Um, if it's a fatal four-way, you get all four of the competitors correct, and you pick the winner. Is that a five-pointer? That's that a five-pointer. That's okay. a five-pointer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, so I'm on a five-game win streak, so I'm going to read my question first. WrestleMania 27 in 2011, these two wrestled for the WWE title. 
WWE title. Um, <clears throat> this was the match that set up Roxena. I think this is wait twenty seven was Ken. Russell twenty seven was in Atlanta, correct? That I didn't. I didn't look. So I you might be right. Is, I think this is John Cena versus The Miz in The Miz one. That's one hundred percent correct. That's a three pointer. Um, the Miz won after a rock interference. Yes, it set up Rock Cena so, one. Yeah. Yes. The Miz was the defending champion, and he retained against John against is, John Cena. All right, Zach. I think you might win this week. Honestly, I think you might win. But go ahead. Me? Okay. Yeah, especially since I can't get hints or anything. I, I think you're going to win. 2012 WrestleMania 28, the WWE Championship match. Dude. It was a one-on-one. We, I mean, we, I mean, I think we should be able to do a hint on any question. You just, yeah, it just takes <laughs> okay. away a point. Here we go. Just takes away a point because I, I, I don't, I, I can't just. Okay. You don't um, remember this pay-per-view. I don't remember. Like I remember the main event was Roxena, but. Um, I will admit this is a hard one that I had forgot about. Can you at least tell me which title it was for? WWE. Oh, the WWE title. Um, yeah, it's one you forgot about. Yep. Hmm. See, I feel like I'm going to have the advantages in the 2010s, but you're going to have the advantages in the early 2000s. Oh, Lord. I have no clue. I'm just going to say... Jeez. Can I at least get the type? Do you know what type of match it was? Can I at least get that? It was a singles match. Just a singles match? Dang. I don't know. CM Punk, Randy Orton, winner CM Punk. I don't, I have no idea, dude. I'm going to get zero points. In 2012, the WrestleMania 28 WWE Championship match was CM Punk versus Chris Jericho. Okay. And CM Punk won. Hey, that's two points. Let's go. We're going out your butt. Let's go. Again, always. <laughs> okay. Oh, so three, two. Three to two. Right. And this one should be a layup for you. WrestleMania 17, the greatest WrestleMania of all time, 2001. For what the title? WWF title. WWF title was um, Rock Stone Cold. The winner was. Oh, frick. Oh no. Um it went out into the crowd. At one point they're on the ramp. The Rock won. That is incorrect. Okay. Stone Cold's legendary Stone Cold heel turn uh happened at WrestleMania right. 17. Right. I am where he, lacking. Where he what colluded with Vince McMahon 2001. I was born that year, guys. 2001. Um yeah, he had the legendary heel turn. Okay. And uh, he basically, anyways, it, it was it was it was a big heel turn. It was a great match, though. Great match, though. Okay, go. Zach, potential four pointer here. Two thousand six WrestleMania twenty two triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Two thousand six. Give me a hit and give me a competitor. So you want one competitor taking away one of your points? Yes. 
your one competitor is the hint. I can't really give a hint. Um, That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm subtracting a point by you giving me a competitor. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. 2006? Well, I guess that makes sense. Um, and it was for the WWE title? World Heavyweight. World Heavyweight title. Kurt Angle... Kurt Angle, Batista, and and Triple H, and the winner was I don't know Triple H. Zero points. Two thousand six WrestleMania twenty two triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Rey Mysterio defeated oh. Randy Orton and Kurt Angle. Dang it. I was going to say Randy. Dang you it. You almost said Randy Orton. I know. I almost said Randy, but I was like, I already just, I just guessed Randy. So uh, who was the winner of that match? Uh, Ray Mysterio. Oh, wow. That I was think that was the only the rumble. That was the only title reign he ever had. I think. No, he had the WWE championship that he got beat by John Cena the same night. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. Okay. So still five to two. All right. I, like I said, I, I really think you're going to beat me on this one. Uh, WrestleMania 23 in 2007. A singles match for the WWE title. Singles match, WWE title. WrestleMania 23, year before the one in Orlando. WrestleMania 23 had like a blue graphic. I'm almost certain. Um, Dude, they all have blue graphics. Not everyone. Shut your mouth. Um, but it literally just had 23 typed out. Um, was a match between Mr. John Cena and Batista and Batista won the match was between John Cena the defending champion and Shawn Michaels and the winner was John Cena whoa so so you only get one point one point Six Dude, to I, two. I'll take that. I mean, I, I mean, I, I know my boy Cena. That was kind of prime time for him um, early on, actually. He wrestled Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania? Yeah. Wow. One via submission. Wow. Wow. Probably the STF. WrestleMania 23 was the first WrestleMania I ever watched. And that was the year that Edge faced the undertaker for the world heavyweight title and undertaker won. Obviously. That was the, that was a pay-per-view that really got me into wrestling. That's WrestleMania 23. That's a good story. That's a good story. 2018 WrestleMania 34, the WWE championship match singles one-on-one. 2018 was, um, you want me to tell you? No, no, no. So it's for the WWE title? Yes. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar won. The 2018 WrestleMania 34 WWE Championship match was between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh AJ Styles defeated Shinsuke Nakamura. Later that night, for the Universal Championship... Brock Lesnar defeated Roman Reigns. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was the wrong match. <laughs> Darn that it. was that was in New Orleans. 
for the uh, for the second time in five years. Oh gosh! Wow, that that that's pretty impressive. That was the wrong match. That's pretty impressive. Okay. Zach. <laughs> All right, next one. Wrestle WrestleMania 25 in 2009. Oh, dude, come on! A triple threat match for the world heavyweight title. John Cena, Edge, and Big Show. John Cena wins on a double AA. That is 100 percent correct. <laughs> I don't. I don't think a win is possible for me at this point. But it's now ten to two. That ten was, to two. Mm, 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 mm. We watched that one together. By the way. We probably did. WrestleMania 25 is also home to the best match in WWE history. Yeah, that was a a good mania. That was a good mania. Very good mania. That was the whole like big show kissed Vicky Guerrero in the backstage. And (laughs) yeah, so stupid. (laughs) So stupid. This is your last one. And I ended you with a doozy. No, 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 no. No, I should have two more. no, No, okay. Yes. Never mind. I'm an idiot. I am stupid. Never. Okay. We'll talk about this in a minute. 2010 WrestleMania 26 WWE championship match. I'm so stupid. Twenty ten. Twenty ten. WrestleMania 26. So a year after I just guessed. WWE title match. Uh, I'm going to say John Cena, Randy Orton, and John Cena won. I don't so, know. WrestleMania 26 WWE Championship match was between John Cena and Batista. John ah. Cena defeated Batista. I'm an idiot. I literally knew they wrestled at a WrestleMania. I thought it was 23, but I literally had it on my paper that they wrote <laughs> that they fought at 26. That's a two-pointer. 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 John Cena won. 10 to four, which to, it's, it's unattainable four. at this ten point. Four. 10 to four. All right. All right. Give me your last one. Last one. WrestleMania 31 in 2015. Uh, these two competed for the WWE World Heavyweight title, which was the combined world title. Okay, um, and you're going to give me bonus points here, okay? Because you are trying to play a joke on me. <laughs> you are trying to get me here, and you're not going to get me. Your answer that you're looking for is Seth Rollins versus the champion, Brock Lesnar, with Seth Rollins cashing in his money in the bank and beating Brock Lesnar. You only get two points because the match was actually Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. No, it was Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. It was not a triple threat. The match was Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. There was no decision in the match. Seth Rollins cashed in before the... So you only get two points. You you still won, though. Give me my last question. I literally knew what happened that night. I know that Brock (laughs) Lesnar and Roman Reigns had a snore fest for 15 minutes. And then Roman Reigns came down in the best cash-in ever. I love yeah. that cash in and cemented his le- dude. What a great, okay. I'll take two points there, but I thought you were trying to pull the whole money in the bank crap because that's officially a match. So I, I was, no, I was going to, I was hoping that you would say like Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns or whatever. And then I, you know, the winner actually was not an original participant in the match. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, you tried. I did. I did go, go for it. it. 
Go for the go for the last one for me. 1998 WrestleMania 16. I said WrestleMania since 2000, bro. No, you said at WrestleMania 16 was the cutoff, which was 2000. If WrestleMania so 17 was I put, 2001, I put I put the wrong date then. Sorry, okay. WrestleMania 16 is WrestleMania 2000. 16. Fatal four way elimination match for the WWF Championship. Oh, this was a uh, Triple H. Um, Triple H, Rock. I don't think it was Kurt. Come on, big money. No, tri- Triple H, Rock. Uh, yo, 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 yo. Who else was in that match? <laughs> Two more people. You probably just watched this. I watched it probably five or six months ago. Um, I think Zach just dropped his headphones, fellas. No, I I dropped my my wedding ring. Oh. Um, Triple um, H, The Rock, The Big Show, and oh. Because Shane McMahon was with Big Show. Stephanie was with Triple H. Vince McMahon was with The Rock. And um, Linda McMahon was with Mick Foley. Who won that match? The winner was... Oh, let me be careful about this. It was Triple H because Vince McMahon screwed The Rock. WrestleMania 16, fatal four-way elimination match for the WWF Championship. Triple H defeated The Rock, The Big Show, and Mick Foley. Good job. Yeah, that's a six-pointer. That was a good – that's a good way to end it. That's a good way. If you, you can't see what he just well, did. Well, the 10. 12 to 10. I came so 10. close. 12 to 10. If I wouldn't have gotten, if I, if I wouldn't have gotten that, so if I lost close. that way, if I look, okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty impressed with myself. And you did yeah, good on that last one. Yeah. You did really good on that last one. All right. So, I, hey, it, there you go. He ends the, the drought. Circle. He ends the drought. The winner's Seven circle, to baby. three now. Finally ends the drought. All right, now let's let's review the WrestleMania card. Ooh. Okay, so both? night. Do we just want to do oh general overview? Do we want to do night one, night two stuff? Uh, I mean, we can just kind of briefly talk about each match, like even if it's like one sentence. I'm going to go through each each match. Okay. Night one, uh, Raw Women's Title Match: Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Oh. Um, honestly, I, I don't really care. About this match, but Bianca Belair just cut off Becky Lynch's hair, so it's weird what this like face heel dynamic for this match is. I think Bianca Belair beats Becky Lynch. Yeah, I, I mean Becky Lynch has been the been the champion for a long time. Um, Not WrestleMania really, been is t- champion a lot. WrestleMania is typically. Um, a, not always, but it's typically a a pay per view where they let a lot of faces win. Yeah, um, and so. But I can see the Bianca face Blair. in this match. That's the thing that's co- very confusing. Oh, well, she just I don't cut know. off Becky Lynch's hair. 
but Becky Lynch has kind of been a heel for a while now. Okay. So ever okay. since she came back from having you're a kid, right, she's right, she's right. been a heel. Just turning into a mother's made her a heel. <laughs> uh, next one: The Miz and Logan Paul versus yes. the Mysterios. Yeah. Gotta yeah. have your celebrity match like they there's, do every there's year. There's two in this pay per view. There's one each night. Um, the Miz and Logan Paul are winning this match. Unfortunately, you're probably right. Logan um, Paul's gonna get a is gonna get a pin on Rey Mysterio. So stupid, man. Logan Paul is not even a real boxer. Logan Paul is gonna pin Rey Mysterio. <laughs> so dumb. Anyways, um, Seth Rollins versus an, an opponent of Vince McMahon's choosing. I can almost guarantee you this is gonna be Cody Rhodes. Oh, I can almost guarantee match it's gonna of be the Cody night. Rhodes. Match of the night if that happens, dude. I, that's not my most anticipated match of the night. No, for me. no, it's not. Not for me either. But to it's going to, to it's it? going to be phenomenal. Oh, dude! I, I think Cody Rhodes is a, a better wrestler than entertainer. I don't think he's very good with his gimmicks. I don't think his gimmicks are are, are good at all. But Seth Rollins is an, they're both amazing competitors, and I think they're going to have a great match. Give me if he comes Seth back Rollins as if he comes good. back as Stardust, bro. I'm quitting. Yeah, I quit. Okay. We will. <laughs> We will never talk about WWE on the podcast again if he comes back to stop us. <laughs> Rollins, look, Rollins was supposed. I think he was supposed to face somebody else, but he got hurt or something. No, he he he's. It's been a whole. It's been a whole storyline. Been a whole storyline. He was going to be like left off the card yeah, he or something. Get a WrestleMania match until the last second. I got you. I got you. Next one: Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Eh, I, I got Drew McIntyre winning. You no, know that. Happy Corbin is one of three people who have pinned Roman Reigns since he came back from leukemia. I do not know that. Yep. Shane McMahon's another one. I forgot the third one. <laughs> Shane McMahon, Happy, Happy Corbin. Corbin, and one other person have pinned Roman Reigns. Wow. Drew McIntyre is going to – I I, I don't like Corbin at all. I don't think he's a – gr- I don't think he's a great wrestler, and his gimmicks always suck, so – um, SmackDown Tag Team Championship, the Usos versus Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't even know who Rick Boogs is. Rick Boggs. It says Boogs. It's Boogs. It's not Boggs. Oh my gosh. His name is Rick Boogs. Okay. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, Jimmy and Jay are winning this match. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. This is an easy, I think this is probably going to be the main event. On night one, um, it it's so obvious they're going to let Ronda Rousey win this match. They may even make it a squash match, which is stupid, but I think Rousey wins this match. Um, and then this one is my most anticipated match of night one. Stone Cold Steve Austin appears on the KO show. It's not being advertised as a match. It's just being advertised as He's going to show up on the KO show. But look, we all know what's going to happen. We know Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to show up and he's going to crack open a couple cold ones mm-hmm. and he's probably going to stomp a mud hole in Kevin Owens. I think probably what's it, going to happen. It's the, it's the main event. So something more significant is going to have to happen. I think that it could potentially, it could potentially set up some sort of storyline where Kevin Owens is pushed to the moon which you said they weren't going to or, do anymore. Or it could be 
could be this could be like a a, a, a Cena Rock situation where they're setting up a match for next WrestleMania, okay. which would be lame, but it yeah. gives Stone Cold a year to get into in ring shape at least. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my most anticipated, just because I want to see Stone Cold again, and I want to see him in a ring, even though he's got like literally no cartilage in his knees and he's got a like terrible neck. But anyways, I think that'll be interesting. Day two, the, the title unification, night two, sorry. Yeah, night no, two, the better night. It's gonna oh, be the better night. Um, the title unification match, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. I think they're kicking off night two with this match. No, please, dear Lord. I why? think they're kicking it off. I, I don't, I don't know I why. I guess I'm going to bed early on Sunday. <laughs> the, no this way. may not be in order of what CBS the matches sports, are going to be. Are you looking at the CBS sports one? Yes. Yeah, I don't think it's in order. Okay, good. Um, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. Okay, this is like the fourth time they fought at Mania. We've seen this before. It's going to be, and they actually, there, there was a spoiler release the other day of an advertised match for like April the 16th that Roman Reigns is going to be in a triple threat title match with Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. So they probably spoiled the result of this match meaning Roman Reigns probably wins. Um, so anyways, Roman Reigns continues his long title reign. Brock Lesnar loses a title. And we know the WWE is probably just going to give him the title back or something. Yeah, They're going to oh find yeah. some way oh, to yeah. get him the title come, back. Come, Roy- come Royal Rumble next year, Brock Lesnar will have it. <laughs> Not even Royal Rumble. Probably like SummerSlam. They're yeah, gonna, SummerSlam, yeah. They're going to make mean, him a champion somehow. The, this is the most interesting Roman versus Brock match we've had, though. Oh, Definitely. I, I I think we can both agree with that. With the Paul Heyman aspect and all that mm-hmm. stuff, I think I think and the face Brock aspect. Yeah, face Brock, crazy. My most anticipated match of night two is this one: Edge versus AJ Styles. This is going to be a phenomenal match. Two fantastic in-ring competitors mm-hmm. that are not only great storytellers, have great gimmicks, but are just great in-ring guys. Some of the better in-ring competitors of all time. I think this is going to be a great match. I want to see, uh, I want to see edge win just cause I love edge and uh, I have more of a history of watching edge than I do of AJ styles. Yeah. So I feel like AJ styles isn't into the, isn't to the point where if he loses it, like ruins all his momentum. So I feel like edge can win this match and no one would be really upset. I just want to see a spectacle. Like don't give these guys, don't limit these guys time. Give yeah. them every single second that they need to put on a banger. Yeah. So I I would say that's my most anticipated match as well. Um, I don't want to steal yours, but um, that is my most anticipated match. The one that I think is going to steal the show though, we'll get into a minute. In a minute. Women's tag team title, Queen Zelina and Carmella versus Naomi and Sasha Banks versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler. A poop match. Honestly, do not care. That's going to be a match where I get up and get a snack or something. No, that's a poop break match. <laughs> that is a poop yeah, break poop, match. poop break match. Poop that. break match. Yes. Next one, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Surprisingly, it might actually be good. Pat McAfee's not bad in the ring. Um, it's going to be. We I think three. Vince McMahon. Will, I think we'll see Vince McMahon in the ring in this match. Let's do it, please, please. I think we'll see it with his little with his little wife beater and his arm with his, his cut off sleeve t shirt. Yes, dude. Yeah, come on, baby. <laughs> Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. 
the, three celebrity I, matches. Are we, are we like, are we crazy? Are we crazy? That's what WrestleMania is now. It's just mixing wrestling with celebrities. I know. Um, Sami Zayn's going to lose. Sami Zayn's probably going to lose because that's his MO. He loses to, he loses to dumb, dumb people. To Jackass. Johnny Knox. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, he's probably going to do some crazy stunt and then end up beating Sami Zayn that way. Yes, he is. Raw tag team title match, RK Bro versus the Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy. Match of the night. Really? You think so? Match of the night. I feel like the tag team division has been severely, severely neglected in the main roster. Um, if you look at NXT, the best match that NXT's ever had was a three-man tag team match. It was like a three-team tag team match. One of the, oh my gosh, so insane. Street Profits are really, really talented. You've got Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, two really talented uh, guys. And then the Alpha Academy, as much as, much, as, much as the whole um, freaking, what's his name, Otis thing was stupid, he's now on Alpha Academy with Chad Gable. Um, which I think they just changed his name again, by the way, but I don't know what they changed it to. This match is going to be really good. I think it's going to be one of those matches where you're sitting there first five minutes, you're like looking at your phone, and then you're like, oh, holy crap, this match is really good. And then you're tuned in. The The result of it, and that's why I think this is going to make the match better, the result of it's not going to like, if someone wins, it's someone's going to be upset. I feel like this is one of those matches where whoever wins is going to be fine. And it's going to be yeah. a good match. I think it's going to steal the night. All right, and then the final match, which I don't think is a main event, but it's just Please the last let one. Let this be the main event. Please. Bobby Lashley versus Omos. Omos Bobby win. Lashley versus Omos. Omos is going to win. I want but, him to. I don't like Bobby Lashley. But Bobby Lashley's going to have a Hulk Hogan like moment and like suplex or like um, body slam Omos. And it's going to yeah, be, oh, like he's so strong. Look at Bobby. Look at Bobby. MVP's going to try to get into the match, the Hurt Foundation or whatever they're called, the Hurt, the Hurt Group, whatever, whatever yeah. the Hurt, Hurt Corporation, whatever they are, the Hurt something. Hurt Inc. or something. Hurt Inc. Whatever. It's stupid. <laughs> but Omos is going to win. Bobby Lashley's going to have a moment. This Look, this is a very predictable card, um, but I think it has moments to where it can be remembered. I think Edge, AJ Styles is going to be remembered. Um I think the unification match is going to be good. I really do think it's going to yeah. be good. And and then I think that I hope I my my one hope for the unification match is that it's not just a finisher fest. It which is usually what but Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns turns out. I'm not even a looking fest. for the wrestling to be good in that. I want the storytelling in a Brock versus Roman match to be good because that's what they lacked for so long is storytelling in their matches. Yeah, and that that's one thing that I've always criticized Roman for, and. He's been severely, he's been so, so good as a heel. So good. So good as a heel. Yeah. And he's been more of a storyteller in his matches. He doesn't just go to a corner and go, every single two, every two minutes. He's yeah. been good. I want to see the storytelling in that match. And I feel like the night will predicate, and I feel like WrestleMania will be remembered if Kevin Owens Stone Cold is memorable. If, there's, if something big yeah. happens Saturday night between them, feel like it's a thing that we'll talk about for a long time. Yeah. I agree. We'll be tuned in. We'll be tuned in. I don't yes, know. Sir, how I'm watching both nights. Yeah. We're watching both nights. I'm watching both nights, baby. We, we could see you. We might get, let's, let's work something out. We'll talk after the show. Let's, let's see. What let's we, do it, man. Let's see what we can do. Um, but it's gonna be fun. Um, we went a little long, which I didn't expect. We just only an hour and 20. 
Yeah, it's not, it's not our longest episode yeah, ever. You're right. You're right. Not our longest ever. No, no, not our <laughs> longest ever. Um, but I hope you guys did enjoy. Um, if you can't see me and Zach are both wearing polos right now, you know, we just come to the podcast dressed for success. And yes, that's sir. exactly what we need from y'all. We want to hear your input. We want to hear like, come on, please just tell us, tell us, tell us something. Um, I know the Saturday uploads are hard, like I said, but we're back to Thursdays next week. Got a big MLB show next week. I'm going to study up on all things MLB. We're going to have, we're going to do full, I think we might even do full season predictions, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I've, I've got us planned to do division winners. Uh, who's your, who's your playoff teams? And even potentially who's your world series favorites. Hey, I look, okay. And that's good. It's going to be fun. So watch out. If you're a big baseball fan, tune in. If you're not a big baseball fan, tune in. And then the week after that, we're doing another mock draft. Doing another mock draft. Going to do another mock draft. Another mock. And we're going to do full, full, right? Full. No, we're going to do the 20. Well, I think the, the actual draft is at the end of April. So maybe we should just go ahead and skip to let's a full. Just do a full, man. Yeah, let's just do let's it. Let's just do a full. So that you have something to look forward to now for the next two weeks. Going to be really good episodes. Keep, uh, keep looking at the TikTok. I know I always lack, I've always been lacking on the TikTok, but I feel like we just haven't put out as much. We need to start just every single time breaking news happens, immediately making a TikTok. But we're going to get to that point. Follow the Facebook just stay in, stay in touch with us. Let us know, email us, all that stuff. We love y'all legit. We do. We love our fans. We do this because it's fun, but we also do it for the potential for having so many fans in the future. But when we do, if we do, we're always going to remember our core fans from now, from these days. Yes, sir. Um, so just keep supporting us. Um, keep, uh, if you, if you want to go on Apple or Spotify and give us a five-star rating for the podcast that helps our boost our algorithm So do all that. We love y'all. I'm Mitchell Graham. That's Zach Brown. Peace out. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the official review. Before you go, I just wanted to give you a couple ways that you can stay connected with the show. First is our email, mgzbsportsnetwork at gmail.com. With this email, you can stay connected. Ask us questions that we will answer on the show. Also, if you want to follow us on TikTok under the same name, we post very, very frequently about everything that's happening. And also, if you just want to check Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts Thursday morning at 8 a.m. for every single episode of the official review. Thank you, and we love you. Peace.